Thank you for listening to Breakthrough Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. Brought to you by Daryl Reed. For more podcasts, news, and other events, please visit breakthroughlife.co.za. The Lord's been speaking to me over the last couple of weeks uh, in a particular way that's been been challenging to me. Uh, So I don't know about you guys, but I've just felt myself over the last maybe two or three months that like the stuff of life has just become like more intense. It's become a bit more hectic. The pressures, the work pressures, financial pressures, just the general stress, anxiety within society just seems to be elevated. Everything just, everyone seems to be under a little bit of pressure that like you, you, you poke someone making a joke and they explode because there's so much stress, pressure that everyone's, everyone's under. Has, has anyone else noticed that or is it just me? Anyone else feeling that? <laughs> And so as I've been processing this, um, I've just uh, felt the Lord speaking to me, and, uh, and so I'm going to just have a, a monologue with myself, and you guys get to listen along <laughs> as the Lord speaks to you, hopefully, what he's been, been sharing with me. So I want to talk about a thankful heart. In the context of all of these pressures and difficulties that we're facing, where is your gratitude? Where is your thankfulness? And have you lost it? Uh, because what I've realized is that your, your approach to life, the, the lens that in which you, you view life through, has a significant impact on the way that you live and on your life. And so when we're living from a disposition of an ungrateful heart, it's like wearing sunglasses inside. Everything's a bit darker. Everything seems a bit more gloomy. Yet when we live life from a position and a perspective of thankfulness, that thankfulness is a light into the darkness. And I believe it actually shifts and changes the circumstance internally and externally when you approach life from a thankful disposition. And so we're going to unpack that a little bit this morning. Because thankfulness, what it does is it decontaminates our hearts from the things that weigh us down and keep us bound and reestablishes our trust in God's goodness. Let me quote Bill Johnson. He says that the absence of thankfulness is self-trust. Oh, that's a challenging quote right there. The absence of thankfulness is self-trust, meaning if there's, a, if there's an absence of thanksgiving in your life, it's, well, you're demonstrating perhaps that there's a lack of trust in Father God and that your trust is in your own ability. Um, it wasn't me, it was Bill, so blame him. See, thankfulness is a, it's a position that we have. It's not circumstantial. We're going to unpack that as well this morning. Let's, let's dive in. Uh, Psalm 100 Verse 4, it says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. See, the gateway to him, the gateway to his presence is thanksgiving. Uh, It all starts with thanksgiving. We enter into his presence with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is an act of worship and it's the starting point for worship. Because if you're not entering through the gate, how are you going to get into the courts? How are you going to get into the the inner sanctuary and the holy of holies? It all starts, our approach, our relationship with him, it all starts with thanksgiving. And if we miss that step, I think the rest of the steps can't follow on 
easily or smoothly. It's kind of like following directions. If I had to give you directions to get from point A to point B and you, your, your phone was lost, you, you had no data, so you couldn't use Google Maps, you had to follow my instructions. If you got, if, say, let's say, for example, there are 15 instructions in terms of turns that you need to make to get from point A to point B. If you followed 14 of the 15 instructions correctly, but you missed the first one, how many of you know you're going to get lost? You're not going to make it to your destination. You see, Thanksgiving is the starting point to enter into his presence. And if we miss that point, the rest all becomes a bit of a challenge. Thanksgiving is an act of worship. It's the starting point to encountering him. In the Psalms, there's a repetitive praise. It says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. And I I believe it's so repetitive because it's so important that we do this, that we're continually giving thanks to him because he is good. Let's have a look at another aspect of of thanksgiving. Let's have a look at communion, holy communion, uh, the new covenant meal. As we take of the, the bread and the wine, Jesus' body, his blood shed for us. As we enjoy, as we celebrate the new covenant meal. What's taking place in all of this? Because it's a powerful action. And, and in perhaps some of the more traditional churches, they'd refer to the Eucharist. Now that means thanksgiving. And so Holy Communion is the thanksgiving meal. The, the, the heart of communion needs to be and is thanksgiving to Jesus. Uh, we, we, we see this in Matthew chapter 26, verse 26 to 28. This is the Last Supper. It says, while they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, take and eat, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, drink from it, all of you, this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. See, Jesus takes the bread, he takes the wine, and what does he do? He gives thanks. He's demonstrating something to us that our communion meal is a thanksgiving meal. And so when we take communion, there there are four different things that take place. And this is one of the the two sacraments, the holy things that God has put within the church. The one is baptism, and and the second one we're talking about now is communion. These are the sacraments within the church. Meaning these things are really, really important. These are crucial things. And the whole essence of communion is it's the Thanksgiving meal. So the four things that, that we do when we take communion. Uh, communion looks back. It looks back to the cross. It looks back to what Jesus has done for us. It looks back to even in your past, the, the miracles, the breakthroughs, the victories that he's done in and through you and with you. Communion looks back. That means Thanksgiving looks back. Our thanks comes from looking back to see what has God done in our lives. What has he done for you in your past? As you look back and remember what he's done, you then respond to him with thanksgiving. Second thing that we do in communion is communion looks in. Scriptures tell us quite plainly that we we examine ourselves before we come to the, the table of the Lord, Holy Communion, that we ensure that there's no sin or unforgiveness, that we would drink judgment upon ourselves if we come in an unworthy state. 
Now, our worthy state is all because of Jesus, and it's in Jesus, but we just need to confess our sin, repent, and receive the grace that Jesus has given to us. And so as we do that, we look in, and we say, Jesus, are there any areas in my heart, in my life, where I've fallen short, where I need forgiveness, where I need to repent, where I've had wrong thinking, and I need to come into alignment with your way of thinking? And so in communion, we look in. And so thanksgiving looks in. We look in and we look at, our, we look at our, our posture and our status as righteous because of what Jesus has done for us. It's not our own righteousness, it's his righteousness that becomes our righteousness because of the cross. And so as we look in, we respond to him with thanksgiving because of what he's done. The third thing we do as we take communion is we look around. See, communion is not just you and Jesus. It's us and Jesus. See, communion is about community. Thanksgiving is about community. And so as we take communion, as we do it together as family, as the church, we come before him with thanksgiving, with grateful hearts. And so when it comes to your own thanksgiving, look to your left, look to your right, look to one another and give thanks for one another because there's a blessing on our unity. We're going to dig into that a bit more deeply in a moment. The fourth thing that happens with communion is communion looks forward. So we look back, we look in, we look around, and we look forward. We look forward to what Jesus is going to do because we read the rest of the book. We read the last chapter. We know how things end. We look forward with thanksgiving and gratitude for what he's still going to do. We look forward with thanksgiving for him coming again. We look forward to the promises that he's given you. We look forward with anticipation and thanksgiving for the prophetic words he's spoken over you to be fulfilled. And with thanksgiving, we respond to him as we look forward. We look back, we look in, we look around, we look forward. Thanksgiving does all of these same things. We look back, we look in, we look around, we look forward. And I assure you, as you do each one of those, there is so much reason to give thanks. It just requires us to be intentional and to actually look. I think it's when we stop looking that we, we don't see and we lose our thankful hearts. When we open our eyes and when we look, we find there are so many things to be thankful for. So many things to give, give honor and glory to God for. See, thanksgiving opens your eyes to see from heaven's perspective. When you, when you have an ungrateful position perspective, you're viewing the world from earth's perspective. When you transition into a thankful heart, a thankful position, you start to view life from heaven's perspective. Everything changes. The circumstance changes. The darkness starts to lift and light starts to come. I believe that Thanksgiving is a, a window to wisdom and revelation. It unlocks innovation. I think if you, even just for example in the workplace, if you're ungrateful for your job, you're going to be grumpy. You're going to be frustrated you're going to be stressed, you're going to be tense. 
if you can find gratitude and have a thankful heart for your job, your perspective is going to shift and light is going to come and things start to shift and change, both internally and externally. And I believe that that's one of the keys that, that unlocks innovation in very practical ways, a thankful, a thankful heart. You see, we, we see in uh, Luke chapter 24, this is the two disciples on the, the journey, the road to Emmaus. Jesus has, has died, and they don't know that he's risen again. And so they're walking, and this man approaches them and starts talking to them. The two disciples don't know that it's Jesus. They don't recognize him. But there Jesus is walking with them along the journey. They're having this conversation. And they're talking about the things that the Lord has done. We pick it up in Luke 24 verse 29 as they're getting towards the end of their journey. And Jesus was going to keep going. Uh, but it says in verse 29, they, they urged him strongly, stay with us. For it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and then he disappeared from their sight. You see, it's in that moment of, of, of giving thanks that something shifted in the disciples' eyes. It wasn't even them that was giving thanks. Jesus was giving thanks, and they're participating with this thanksgiving. And as this thanksgiving is given, their eyes are opened, their perspective changes, and they can see. See, thanksgiving gives wisdom, and it gives a new perspective. It opens your eyes to see. We're going to take... Thanksgiving communion tonight at Revival Night. It's going to be glorious. I encourage you, come and join us as we celebrate, as we look back, as we look in, as we look around, as we look forward with thanksgiving uh, of what he's done. Uh, so if, you're, if you don't have plans, come and join us. It's going to be, going to be a glorious evening. We then transition. Let's look at, at prayer. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. It says, Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. I think sometimes the temptation is that our prayer life becomes a complaining list or a complaining uh, journey about these are all the things that are wrong, God. Come and fix these things. And it becomes a complaint. See, we're, 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 we're instructed to bring our needs our requests, our petitions with prayer and thanksgiving. Our prayer life should be enwrapped with thanksgiving. I think, I think a prayer life that's absent of thanksgiving is not a powerful prayer life. But a prayer life that's wrapped in thanksgiving becomes a powerful prayer life. That's why the scripture tells us Present your request to him with thanksgiving. It's God's way. When we do it his way, then things happen. It's a little bit like worship. Remember, we enter his gates with thanksgiving. Now, the most powerful prayers we can pray are prayers from being in his presence. And so if we're just complaining, 
well, then we're not going through the gate and we're not necessarily in his presence. And so we're missing out on praying from being in his presence. It's as we play, pray, not play, as we pray from a place of being in his presence, that's when things shift and change in prayer. See, an ungrateful heart leads to hopelessness. Even as Moses led us in prayer earlier, I wonder how much of the, the reason that our, our, our nation and many nations in the world are facing uh, such high suicide rates and self-harm rates. Is it because we've lost our thankfulness? Because thankfulness breeds hopelessness. Thanklessness, ungratefulness breeds hopelessness. All right, let's look at one another. We said we'd dig into this a bit more. One of the most powerful things the Lord has given us is one another. The beautiful gift of community, of church. See, there's so much power in our unity that I think it's one of the areas that the enemy comes and attacks the most. Because if he can break down our community, our friendship, our relationship, he causes havoc within the church, within the body. And, and we're the body, we're the bride. We, we are the hope of the world, Christ in you. And so if he can break down the relationships between us, he, he prevents all or so much of the good work that God wants to do through us. It's so important that we have thankfulness for one another. Let's have a look here at Second Thessalonians Chapter 1, verse 3. We ought always to thank God for you, brothers and sisters, and rightly so, because your faith is growing more and more, and the love all of you have for one another is increasing. See, we need to give thanks for one another. We need to be grateful for one another, because we need each other. We need relationship. We need community. We need you and me, not just me and he. It's we and him. See, I think when we're thankful for one another, we then are able to honor one another. When we honor one another, we love one another. When we love one another, we unlock the gifts within one another. Remember, the, the gifts, your gifts are on you, not for your sake, but the gifts are for the common good. And I believe that thankfulness for one another is one of the things that unlocks the giftedness within one another. There's, there's another church down the road. It's not this church. There's another church. It might be one of those wild ones in the south. Or I'm, I'm not sure. But I've heard rumor of this church where, where there's not thankfulness for one another. And then what happens is they've got these things called uh, community connect groups. But I heard of this one group where there's just this one person in the group and that person is just always hijacking the meeting. They're always saying the inappropriate thing at the wrong time. They're always disrupting the flow. They're always just getting in the way and just because of that person, they just ruin everything. And it just makes the whole group grumpy and frustrated. I mean, have you heard about that church? (laughs) 
Come on, let's be real. How many of you don't go to Connect Group occasionally because, oh, but so-and-so is going to be there. <sighs> Jesus. <laughs> you see, I think when, we, when we're not grateful for one another, we, we, we cut off the blessing that the Lord wants to pour out through one another. Even that person that says the wrong thing at the wrong time, that asks the wrong question, that, that repeats what's just been said, that doesn't stop talking, that takes all of the time, that never gives you a gap, that puts you under pressure, that just pushes all of your buttons. Even that person. God wants to release blessing into your life through that very person. And your gratitude, your thankfulness for that person unlocks the gift that's on their life to be released to be a blessing to you. See, I think when we're missing thankfulness for one another, the devil comes in to steal, kill, and destroy. He robs us of what God wants to give us. But that's all at the other church. It's not over here. Come on, when we, when we stir up genuine thankfulness for one another, I think it helps us to be present in our connect groups, in a place of community, a place of caring, of loving, of nurturing, a place of His blessing, a place of growing. Now, I know I started earlier and I said, how, how many of you have felt that life, the stuff of life has just been like a bit more intensified the last little while? And I've experienced that, and as I'm speaking to myself and encouraging myself to find thankfulness in the midst of challenges, hopefully you're finding thankfulness in the midst of your challenges as well. But maybe you're saying, Daryl, but you don't, you don't understand, Daryl. I understand you're saying, Daryl, that you've had some challenges and like the stuff of life has been a bit more intense. But, but Daryl, you don't understand what I'm going through. You don't understand what I've gone through. You don't understand the pressures on my life. You don't understand the challenges that I'm going through. You don't understand the betrayal that's happening in my life right now. I've been innocent. I've been good, but yet all of this stuff is just coming at me. I'm under attack. My workplace is so stressful. There's all of this stuff. And Daryl, you don't understand. Yours is nothing compared to mine. If you were in my shoes, you would know that there is no reason to find thankfulness because it's just too much. Now, I probably don't understand your circumstance, but I do understand what Jesus has done for you. And so despite your circumstance, there is reason to give thanks. Let's have a look here at 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4. I always thank my God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. Let's go over to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 14 and 15. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Now, I'm not going to attempt to describe the indescribable gift of his grace because the scripture says it's indescribable, meaning it's just so profound, it's so amazing, it's so gracious, it's so loving, it's so extraordinary. 
What an extravagant God that would send us His Son, His one and only Son, to lay down His life, to take the sin of the world upon Him, that we might be restored, that we might be forgiven, that we might be seen as righteous, not because of our own righteousness, but because of His righteousness. The grace of God, the salvation that we walk in daily, not because of our own doing, but all because of his doing. His indescribable grace is a gift. And it is a gift that is worthy of our thankfulness every single moment of every day, despite your circumstance. I mean, just think for a moment, what would you be without him? He's done so much for us. We are eternally thankful because of what he's done. His grace is reason to be thankful in every circumstance. Let's transition. Let's have a little look at multiplication and miracles. We look at the story of the boy with five loaves and and two fishes. There's a a, a big crowd. They're following Jesus. And Jesus sees them coming and so he he tests Philip and he says, Philip, where are we going to buy food enough to feed all of these people? And as you read in the preceding verses, um, you'll see Jesus actually says that, that he He asked Philip this question because he was testing him. See, sometimes Jesus tests us because he wants us to grow. He wants us to mature. He wants us to grow up and become more like him. Well, let's read here in John 6 from verse 10 to 14. Just after Jesus has asked Philip where they're going to buy all the food. Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place. And they sat down, about 5,000 men were there. Jesus then took the loaves and gave thanks and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over, let nothing be wasted. So they gathered the leftover, so they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. After the people saw the sign Jesus performed, they began to say, surely this is the prophet who is to come into the world. Let's just look at this for a moment. Jesus sees the need. He takes hold of the lack, the not enough, the five loaves and two fish, clearly not nearly enough to feed 5,000 people. He grabs hold of the not enough, gives thanks for not enough. And the not enough gets multiplied to become more than enough that there's 12 basketfuls left over. Now, I don't know about you, it's probably not you, but but me, if I'm in that position, I'm struggling to find thankfulness for not enough. (laughs) Because my, my human fleshly Old nature wants to find thanksgiving for enough. It doesn't want to find thanksgiving for not enough. 
You see, as you look at your monthly budget, as you look at your finances, as you look at, your, at the position that you're in, I think we're, we're waiting for enough before we give thanks. We're waiting for the breakthrough, and then we give thanks. You see, but what if thanks is the doorway into the breakthrough? You see, I think we often miss it because we're waiting for the breakthrough to come before we respond with thanksgiving. But what we see over here is Jesus takes the not enough and with the not enough gives thanks. And then the breakthrough comes and he has more than enough. You see, your thankfulness is a position, it's a posture that unlocks multiplication. It unlocks the more than enough. Now, please, this is not a, a formula that you can trick God with, that as you start to give thanks, things just get multiplied. No, but the, the story and, and, and this posture of thanksgiving, it's an invitation into knowing him more. It's an invitation to trust him more. It's an invitation of ongoing faith in him, even in the context of not enough. Because my thankfulness is a practical outworking of my faith in Him as my provider, as my protector, as my source, as the lover of my soul. That's what thankfulness does. See, tithing, it's a faithful thanksgiving action. Sometimes as you take the not enough and give thanks, it gets multiplied. And you find you have enough. See, the very nature of thankfulness is that it's sacrificial. It's not about, oh, I've got the victory, now I can give thanks. Thanksgiving takes place in the context of a challenging situation. It's sacrificial, it's not easy, it's difficult. God, I don't feel like giving thanks because my circumstance This is going on. That's going on. I've been through trauma. I've been through loss. I'm in the process of grief. And so thanksgiving in that context is not easy. But it is a sacrifice. And a sacrifice brings his glory. Let's have a look then at another story. It's the story of the ten lepers. Luke chapter 17 from verse 12 to 19. So as Jesus was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was cleansed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. We could unpack this story for the next three months, but we won't. We will just take the next three minutes and we'll unpack it very briefly. Ten lepers. They have faith to believe God can heal. Jesus gives them the instruction, go show yourself. As they go, they get healed, they get cleansed. There's a physical healing that takes place. But one of them comes back 
He comes back to Jesus with praise and with thanksgiving. And what does Jesus say to the one that returns with thanksgiving? Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Now the word translated over here as well is, is the word sozo. It's speaking about this complete wholeness, this fullness, this complete healing. See, I mean, we're kind of feeling for what exactly is going on in this story. It's not, it's not like exactly clear, but, but, but as I read it, the, the, the interpretation that I have that the Holy Spirit gives to me is that the, the nine received a physical healing, but the one that came back with thanksgiving received more than just a physical healing. There was a wholeness that came to him. There was a sozo, saved, healed, delivered, set free. There was a completeness that came to that one that responded with thanksgiving. You see, when, when, we, when we give thanks to God for what he's doing, there's a wholeness that comes to you. As you're, as you're trusting God for healing in your physical body, as you give him thanks for the health that you've got, I believe that unlocks more for you to receive further wholeness. Thanksgiving is one of the keys to unlock healing in your life. As we start to close. Talking about myself now, but sometimes I find myself wanting to only give thanks when the circumstances are right. You see, our our whole world is so conditional. Everything is conditional. You go to the shops and you want to get some food. Well, it's conditional of you paying what those food items cost. If you haven't got enough money, well, the condition is you can't buy that food. There's a condition. To buy this, you need X amount of money. To buy that, you need X amount of money. Almost everything that takes place in the modern world that we live in, there's, there's a condition attached to it. I mean, you just need to sign a, a contract of whatever type, and you have to sign pages of terms and conditions. So we've been... We've been trained to understand or to think that everything in life is conditional. And I think we sometimes take that worldly thinking and we apply it to our relationship with God. And then what happens is our thanksgiving becomes conditional. And that's when we get into thinking of, I've got five loaves and two fish, this is not enough. Like, really, God, how, like, what were you thinking? Like, this is just not going to work out. Like, the maths is simple, Jesus. Five loaves, two fish, 5,000 men, not even counting the women and the children. Like, you see, when our thanksgiving becomes conditional, we get into that type of unbelief. We get into, we get into an ungrateful posture of hopelessness. Thanksgiving is not conditional. It's positional in him. It's a big difference. See, it's easy to be thankful when everything's going your way. (laughs) But it's not so easy to be thankful when things are not going your way. And when you're facing the challenges, the stresses, the strains, the difficulties that life brings. 
Yet it's in that context that Jesus instructs us, invites us to be thankful. There's a a famous verse in Romans chapter 8 that we all love, and I love it too, but I think we sometimes misapply it or misunderstand it. Romans chapter 8 verse 28. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Such an encouraging verse. God is the master that in the context, in, in a position of everything seeming to go wrong, somehow he's able to take that circumstance, turn it around for good. I think that the, the challenge that we have, the challenge that I have, is that I think sometimes we read that verse and we interpret it as God works all things together for my comfort. <laughs> Because, come on, aren't we creatures of comfort? Oh, we love our comforts. We love to be comfortable. When you've got five loaves and two fish and 5,000 people and 5,000 men and Jesus is saying, feed them, that's not a comfortable position to be in. <laughs> you see, when you look at the need, when you look at the, the, the demand upon you, upon life, the work stresses, all of these different things. Is there thankfulness or is there just an awareness of the lack, of the demand, of the pull? Is it conditional or is it positional? You see, I think, I think God working all things together for good looks very different to your comfort. Because there's so many good things that take place outside of your comfort zone. I mean, just think for a moment, how, how, would, how would our city, how would our neighbors, how would they find and discover Jesus if we all just stayed in the comfort of our church, in the comfort of our home? If we never stepped out of that comfort to go and tell someone else about the love of Jesus? You see, let's just talk about your... Your character development. See, Jesus is, he's very passionate about your character development, that you will become more like him. And where does your character grow? Where does your character develop? Is it in the comfort of your comfort? No, it normally takes place in the place of, of testing. It takes place in the context of trials. It takes place in the context of difficulty, of challenges, of the stuff of life. It's in that context that your character gets worked on. Let's remember that one person at Connect Group, the one that you struggled to be thankful for, that that other church, that story you heard. You know, it's, it's, it's as for those other church people, maybe they're watching online, I don't know. But for those other people, it's as you're in Connect Group and that person is doing the very thing that pushes your buttons. It's in that moment that God is working on your character. God's about your character development. There's so many good things that God wants to do, and all of these good things, a lot of the time, take place 
outside of your comfort. And so let's not get into a mindset as we read this verse that God is just there to make everything comfortable for you. Because he's not. He's there to He's there to make you more like him. And that's not necessarily a smooth journey. <laughs> Has some challenges along the way. See, God working all things together for good. That good really means a good originating from God, empowered by him through faith. Very different to our comfort. One Thessalonians chapter five, verse fifteen to eighteen. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Oh man, isn't the scripture challenging? (laughs) See, God's inviting us up to a higher standard, to another way of living that's different to the world's way of thinking, that's different to the conditional ways of, you know, a, a worldview. He's calling us to a heavenly perspective that we will rejoice always, that we will pray continually, and that we will give thanks in all circumstance. I mean, one of the biggest questions probably that we, we find ourselves asking is, what is God's will for me? Well, right there, we just read it. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstance. Now remember, your thanksgiving is not circumstantial. It's positional. It's not about how the, the things in life are going, but it's about looking back at what has Jesus done. It's about looking in at what has Jesus done within you. The, you are a new creation. You've been made whole. The old is gone, the new has come. It's about looking around. What would we be without one another, the community that he's placed us within? It's about looking forward about what he's going to still do in our lives. There's so much to be thankful for the indescribable gift of his grace, of the salvation that we have because of him. God wants to encourage us, stir us, and move us to thankfulness. Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 to 7. So then just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, Strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. Oh Jesus, this is challenging. We need you. We need your help. Why don't you stand? I'm going to pray for us. Oh Lord, we're so grateful. We're thankful. We're thankful for what you've done for us. We're thankful for the victory of the cross. We're thankful for relationship with you. We're thankful, Lord, for the indescribable gift of your grace. Oh, Lord, what would we be without you? Our position in you is eternally changed because 
of you because of your righteousness. And we're grateful, Lord. But with that said, Lord, we need your help. Holy Spirit, will you help us? Help us to renew our minds. Help us to change our thinking and to change our perspectives that we will move away from positions of an ungrateful heart, that we will move to a position, a perspective of eternal thankfulness and gratitude towards you. That in the context of difficulty, in the context of grief, of mourning, of stress, of anxiety, that in the context of these challenges, that Lord, you will help us to be thankful in all circumstances as we continuously pray and as we rejoice always. Holy Spirit, help us, guide us, lead us. We can't do this without your strength. We worship you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, as we close, I'm going to invite our ministry teams to come up to the front and uh, they'll be available to, to pray with you, pray for you. If you need any healing in your body, our team will be up front. Um, some of the things I felt the Lord highlighting, something to do with the right foot, if there's a pain or, or something with the bone structure in the right foot, uh, I felt the Lord going to be healing that. Uh, and then pain in the, the, the left shoulder up the side of the neck, felt the Lord will be, be healing that. Uh, if you're struggling with, uh, with, with uh, headaches or migraines, uh, we want to pray for you and trust the Lord for healing. Uh, any kind of broken bone that hasn't healed or set well, we want to, want to pray for you for that. Uh, if you've been uh, fighting abnormal or much higher levels of stress, anxiety, we want to pray for you and release peace into, the, into that context. Um, if you've uh, lost hope, if you're hopeless and, uh, and you want to find hope in Jesus, then we'd love to, love to pray with you and help you to find a thankful heart in the Lord again. If there's any other prayer that you have, if you're looking for a job or anything like that, I want to invite you as well. Come forward. We'd love to pray for you. And then lastly, before we go, if you don't know Jesus, if you've never invited him to be your Lord and your Savior, if you feel like the, the, the lens that you're viewing life through is a, a lens of, of, of darkness, that everything just seems gloomy and down and dark, I want to tell you that Jesus is the light and he wants to take away that heaviness and he wants to give you the gift of his presence, eternal life in him. He wants to forgive you of all of your sin and uh, make you a new creation. And all you have to do is open up your heart to him and say, Jesus, I, I need that. I need new life. I need forgiveness because I've been living a life of sin and I need to be made new and, and, and I want that. If your heart is drawn, not your mind, your heart, if your heart is drawn to that and you want to make that step today, I want to invite you, come to the front and we'd love to, love to pray with you and lead you into a life-altering relationship with Jesus. If you're visiting with us today, thank you for joining us. Uh, please do come join us at our visitor center. We'd love to connect with you down there. Otherwise, there's tea and coffee downstairs. I want to invite you to go down and be thankful for one another as you enjoy some tea and coffee. We're back again tonight at 6 p.m. for Revival Nights. We'll be taking communion together, a time of extended worship. Uh, it's going to be a great time. Otherwise, God bless you. Have a wonderful afternoon, and we'll see you next week. God bless.